Hi, I'm Megan Francis. And I'm Dave Kroc. And this is the LifeWork Podcast. In this show, we'll explore what it really takes to build a business while designing a life that matters. God, how did I do this? What do I usually say? <laughs> I can't remember. I, I think we've already started. I think I say hello. It, 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 I don't know if it matters. Okay, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. Uh, this is LifeWork episode 15, and Dave and I have been absent for a while, as you might have noticed. What's this thing in front of my... Oh, it's a microphone. <laughs> and I literally forgot what it is I usually say at the beginning of the show. So welcome. Thank you for listening. And we're back. Um, so today we're actually going to talk a little bit about the what it actually was like for us to both take rather extended vacations from our businesses, mm-hmm. what we did to set it up that we could actually do that, um, how we can take that one step forward and remove ourselves, or I guess, I don't know, Dave, how would you put it? The necessity of ourselves yeah. in our business? Yeah. Make, make ourselves fireable. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not needed, then you probably should go on yeah. vacation a little bit. I've made myself vacationable, but I have not yet made myself fireable. There we go. So we'll see. Um, and then we're going to talk about Pokemon Go, this crazy phenomenon that is sweeping the world and uh, what it means specifically for business. I think both as a model for why some things catch on and mm-hmm. and spread and also for is there a way for your business to take advantage of all those people wandering around with their phones. Aimlessly w- willing to spend money. Yes. I just had to tell people not to walk into a uncovered manhole. That was, you know, my kids. I was like, just make sure you look where you're walking. Don't right. walk in the street. Right. Don't fall into a manhole. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get into a van with anyone. That's right. Um, even if he says he has a Pikachu. A Pikachu. So anyway, so let's start with our vacations. Um, Dave, tell me about yours. Yeah. So I uh, I went off the grid a little bit. Um, I went to a relatively small area in terms of population in Canada, and I was there for actually over both the Canadian and uh, the Canadian. Uh, basically national holiday Canada Day and uh, our Independence Day and it was very cool I was on an island um, with one shower amongst seven cabins wow and uh, it was fantastic yeah it was fantastic so one of the nice things about going international for a break is you're you're forced to make that decision how much data should I allocate to my cell phone plan and so that conscious pre-spending actually helped me not check in or not uh not actually connect to the outside world as much so it was great how many days did you say you were gone um i was gone a little over a week there but came back it's this is this is the best part so i came back into town into the real world for one day and then ditched it and then i ditched it (laughs) for another six four days or six days and I tell you what, I the most of the vacations that I take, I end up going for four, maybe five business days yeah. and then some weekend uh-huh. on either end there. And it's just not enough time to fully decompress and fully kind of clear all the browser tabs I have open in my yeah. brain. Mm-hmm. And this time I, I'm, st- I'm literally still kind of looking around like clear headed and yeah. able to process things and handle multiple inputs at once. And uh, it's it's a very good thing. Yeah, it's a great feeling. So we... um. My husband and I took our five kids on a road trip that we've been talking about doing for many years and finally decided this year, my son is, my oldest son is 18 and we just decided like it's time for us to make this happen. So we did, we got in the car and drove off one day and um, went to, our final stop was Wyoming. Mm. So we made stops along the way and uh, we ended up staying in a teepee 
outside nice. of Yellowstone for three days. It also had one shower for like, I want to say seven or eight families. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that wasn't as awesome because it was in a teepee, which has like a slanted wall. So oh, there's yeah. like a little bit of a height issue. Sure. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I don't want to get into the shower. The, the, the crouching the, shower. The crouching shower yeah. <laughs> issues. Um, but that was really cool. And then um, we ended up at a friend's uh, family's cabin in the mountains of Wyoming. So that for from a Tuesday through a Friday, we were completely... You know, no cell service at all. Off the grid. That's yeah, great. off the grid. And I, you know, there was like a mad because this was coming from TP to cabin. I had about an hour and a half where I stopped at a laundromat and did laundry and used Wi-Fi. Like I just used that crap out of it. I was like, <laughs> used all. I it. used all of the Wi-Fi. I was. I had so many tabs open. I was like emailing like you know when you you have that intense focus because oh yeah you're panicking you yeah. know like you have to get it done. So I was just intensely emailing. And got, you know, got everything out and um, managed to just tell everybody just just once again. So, you know, yeah, I will not be available. Please contact this person or that person. Yeah. And uh, and then, yeah, we went up into the mountains and it was fantastic. Like I was I was telling Dave before we started recording, it took me about an hour to stop picking up my phone and just like flipping through old pictures that because, you know, I couldn't load up anything else. Right. All I could really if I wanted content, it had to be stuff that is on my it was already on my own phone. And finally, I was like, well, that was pointless. So I tossed it in my purse and didn't pick it back up for the rest of the weekend or the rest of the week and just played board games with my kids and went for walks and sat around and did nothing a lot. And it was fantastic. So, and we were gone for two weeks on the trip. And then right when I got into town, we had the 4th of July here. Mm -hmm. And then um, I left the next day for the podcast movement conference Mm -hmm. and and spoke there uh, last Wednesday. So I was essentially gone for like two and a half I'm really just getting my head back in the game now, and this is yeah, three weeks. That's great. So that's great. Yeah. So I want to talk about the laundry. Yes. So Wi-Fi and laundry for an hour and a half. Yeah. How many days worth of actual work were accomplished in that? Oh my, so much freakishly. I mean, not only work but housework. Yeah. I was doing both things at once. It was a lot. I mean, isn't that amazing? I, how yeah. like when you only have so much time, right? You, you tend to rise to the challenge. You you make them. You you use the time you have. Yeah. And uh, I I actually had a one of my book editors told me that once when I was given like I don't know a month and a half deadline for a book, and I remember saying, "Are you sure? Can I do that?" And she said, "Well, I've been doing this a long time, and I've found that projects take the amount of time we allot them." So regardless, you can do it. And I was like, okay. And I did. And and there's something nice about just going into that like ultimately focused space and working really, really quickly and hard. And, and also because I hadn't been spinning my wheels for days, I'd already been traveling and having, you know, I was already kind of in that, had gotten to that relaxed mode where a lot of the debris had kind of cleared away. I knew exactly what I had to do. I was able to prioritize really quickly. Um, And then when I got to the cabin, it was like, well, I can't contact anybody. So I got to let it go. Like if something didn't get done, it didn't get done. But what helped, and we talked about this, I think the last episode or maybe the one before that, is I had just made a hire Mm -hmm. kind of under the gun because I knew this trip was coming up that allowed me to, to just kind of put my clients in other people's hands. And uh, that was probably the number one thing that made it possible for me to not have a panic attack on a mountain top in Wyoming. Right. So, Which is not the place to have a panic attack. No. no. It would have taken a little... Well, first of all, there's hardly any air up there. Right. So, <laughs> right. <if> you're, <laughs> exactly. You're pretty much toast at that but point. But getting down the mountain to, to seek medical help would have been just a nightmare. So, right. yeah. Um, but I'm I'm just... I think maybe the takeaway for me is maybe if you're if you're sitting on that kind of decision, mm-hmm. you know, give yourself that urgency or that deadline or something that you have to get it done for 
and do it. I right. Mean, make that call. Yeah. You know. Well, and think about it. So you made yourself vacationable, right? Yeah. How many more steps does it take to make yourself replaceable? I don't know. If you think about it, how much time do we spend all week long in our businesses just doing stuff, right? right. We just, oh, that's, there's so many things I got to do. I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to do this. And most of those things don't end up being mission critical no. items, right? Most of those things when it, when it, the stuff hits the fan or we're on vacation or whatever somehow isn't necessary. And I was amazed by how well the person I hired was able to do many of the tasks I've been doing for five or six years. So maybe we're not as awesome as no, we think we are. I'm not as awesome as I think I am for sure. Um, and, and I knew that, I mean, I knew they weren't, you know, it wasn't rocket yeah, science and not right. that she's not a very smart person. She is, but right. I didn't need to be doing that because she does just as good, probably better because she brings a little freshness to it. Yeah. And more more clarity of of you know focus like she right. knows what she's there to do, mm-hmm. whereas I always have a million things going on. So sometimes those tasks get short shrift for me because I'm always thinking. Right. The visionary stuff is really what's getting the most of my mind my Absolutely. mind space. So so how do we whittle down so that we're only focusing on the visionary stuff? Yeah. And then when we're only focusing on the visionary stuff, outside of mentoring the people that are doing yeah. the day to day. There's not much else for us to do, right? Yeah. So this is this is how we get ourselves to the position where people are like, you know, we're actually, we got this. Yeah, <laughs> you can go away now. We don't need you in the office today. Well, let's talk about making, but I mean, truly, are you talking about being fireable? Is that literal? Because if it is, someone does need to be the visionary, right? Right. So, so, so the question is, I think most of us, when we start a business, and, I, and before we even started this podcast, I asked a lot of people, the question very simply, why? Why did you start a business? Why do you want to start a business? Mm. What is the thing that motivates you? What is the thing that keeps you going? And there's, you know, you, you've got the usual platitudes about providing great stuff to the world and those sorts of things, the altruistic stuff. But primarily, the reason that came up again and again and again was freedom. Yeah. So how do we get freedom, right? So if if we don't have it now, we didn't have it in a job, and we yeah. don't have it when we've started a business, how do we get there? I mean, there are business models out there right now that allow for the ownership of those businesses lots of freedom. Um, one, one very specific type of business is the franchise model. You know, you can buy into a franchise where all of what that business does day to day, all of those processes are documented and automated and automated <laughs> and you can train them to other people and everything runs without you. So the business can, can go from day to day to day to day to day without the actual owner involved. Now maybe there might be a lot of these models are based upon an owner operator. Right. So the, the owner is in that role of operating as well and they might be a little more lower profit so that it's kind of a necessity for there to be enough um, unless the person just, has this business as part of a portfolio right. and, and they earn a return on it, but they don't have to be there. So, so that's, that's to me. Now, if you don't want to own a subway or if yeah. you're, you're already into a business or you have another passion where there isn't a franchise or whatever, how do you do that? Right. How do you, how do you take that, what you do and make it work in that same way as a franchise where you don't need to be there? And that, to me, that's the key. I don't think any business really can't get to someplace close to that. Mm. I think the the process of actually defining what needs to be done on a day-to-day basis, clearly training people on how to do that and holding them accountable over the course of time. If you spend a little bit of time every week and every day on making more of what your business does systematized, documented, and known and trained to people, 
it, over the course of time, if you scaled up a little bit, now you can start to hire people behind you to run those day-to-day pieces. And so if you do this again and again over time, eventually you're not needed other than some of those visionary things. And I think right. it's very important to stay involved and set that vision until you can essentially groom and replace yourself with somebody that is now filling that role as well. So one thing that pops into my head as we're talking about, you know, comparing this to a franchise is that so for us, say you own a subway, well, corporate is still there. Right. ideating you yes. know making branding decisions um deciding it's time for a new font new mm-hmm. logo mm-hmm. whatever we're gonna have a new color on the wall whatever it is right so you basically become corporate but all in in one package i mean that's what i'm saying it, it yeah. feels like even though i mean i see how the model works but there still is that going on it's just not going on in your right. shop well in a in a in a business where you you are not a franchise you're not tied yeah. into a bigger system you know, all those things are still necessary, right? right. You're still yeah. you're still branding. You're still working the the finance end. You're still doing the the general strategy for where the business is going to go. Whether you have ten locations or you have one, um, or you don't have any locations, mm-hmm. it's all online. That whole process is something that is necessary for a business anyway. So, yeah. a business that runs in a fashion where all of what needs to be done, whether it's you know TPS reports <laughs> or it's it's pure creative things that are going yeah. on that all of that is still a system. It's still a process that you go through anyway. So the more well-defined it is and the, the, the more well-defined it is, the more another person can also do it. So whether you're just replicating yourself and do able to get more done, because I, th- I look back and I, I think of as, as the first person in one of my businesses, if I'm doing everything right, there's only so big it can grow and there's only so much I can take on. Right. And I can't leave. Yeah. Right. So we, I think we, we definitely have to get past the point where we, we think to, to go past that point is to become something else because ultimately what is going to happen is whether it's this beautiful small business that runs itself and the owner is providing vision and clarity and it's uh, just a great place to work and people rate it highly in terms of the service it provides and what it's like to work there and all that stuff or it's something that is really mega scaled and is um, a public company let's say or is a a, a, a worldwide brand this the same principles apply right yeah. the same operational principles apply and so if you're a shareholder in coke or if you're a shareholder in my company inc that it's exactly the same thing. And so if you can get that My Company Inc. to operate in a way like Coke operates, but it's still providing value, what 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 actually is being done by that business can be anything. Mm. You know, it's it doesn't matter. But the, the systems themselves are the freedom. Because when the systems can sort of run the business and then people can run the systems, what happens is other people that have great talent are actually freed up to use their talent for things bigger than making TPS reports. That's true. You know. Now let me ask you a tough question. Yes. I love the tough question. I'm putting you on the spot. Well, I just I just came back from extended vacation, so I'm going to use every brain cell every, I have on this one. Every brain cell available. If you looked at the businesses that you have right now, do any come to mind as the first one you'd make yourself fireable for? And are there any you think you'd have a hard time, harder time, or maybe wouldn't even want to yeah. completely make yourself fireable sure. in those businesses? Sure. Well, the, so some of it is what is the reason why I'm in them? You know, ultimately, where do I see myself in what I want to be doing? You know, I, I and this, this is going to tie into another episode we have, but I, I found that that my strength and my forte in the business world is thinking and planning, winning the future with my friends. So from an operational standpoint, I like to operate 
I like to be a part of day to day, but it's not my, it's not my absolute peak of what I'm good at. And so over the course of time, it makes sense for me to, in all businesses, make sure that I'm not focused on the things I'm not good at and that other people could be better at and that I am focusing on the things that I am good at. And so naturally there's a, if I follow down that road with every business that I have, I'm going to be doing less Mm. over the course of time, at least less day to day. Um, There are ones that I would want to stay more involved with. Um, You know, the retirement community that I own, I I love the people that live there. And so to, to go and sit down with a gentleman who fought in World War II and is you know 100 years old and has yeah. had just 100 years of life experience to be involved in in interacting with people like that and and interviewing people like that and stuff like that yeah. is very is very powerful for me and mm-hmm. so I want to keep doing that. Yeah. So so it becomes about lifestyle design then. Right. about yes. designing the life that you want. So um yeah, so there was a second part to your question because one was I think one was which which would you be are there ones that would be first in line that you could, you're looking at it and you're like this is a business I'm in it's kind of like nuts and bolts I just mm-hmm. want to run it or have and then I could pass it off sure and then like you I think you already answered the second question which yeah. is which ones wouldn't you want to and that makes sense to me yeah and I it's think not it's, an, it's not it's like portions. an either or it's yeah. it's it, it could work either way absolutely so what do I want to spend my time doing overall right which right. helps define what should I offload right so i think i think in the from the grand scheme of things i probably do too much that isn't where my um i guess my wheelhouse is yeah the sweet spot in in uh what i'm talented at and what i'm good at and where i should be focusing on so over the course of time more of that stuff will become systematized so yeah there's there's aspects of every business that i'm going to do less in right um but by doing this is the paradox and this is the thing that all of us as entrepreneurs need to get over ourselves a little yeah. bit, right? Oh, yeah. It's just like you were describing with the hire that you made. They could probably do it. Right. You know, it's yeah. it's not really necessary that the, you know, the, the genius entrepreneurs is the one doing some of the day-to-day. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I think that um, there's twofold is my... I'm not even going to say hesitation because it's not even a hesitation. It's more like a stumbling block for me when it comes to making myself truly fireable. The first one is the ego mm-hmm. is feeling like I'm the one who has to be in all these roles, right. you know? And I think the second one, and we've talked about this before and, and you can speak to this with the number of businesses that you own um, or have owned is this feeling like you have to commit to one thing. You can only have one, you know, the people have to know you for something mm-hmm. and that has to be your thing. Or like mm-hmm. you, you have to really dig in deep and just stick it out with one. And I feel like sometimes the idea of making yourself fireable, even if you were still, earning money and revenue from that business, well, then what? Right. So I'm not that person anymore. Well, then then who am I? And, right. and can I be something to many things? Like, can I be yeah. myself and, and bring all of my strengths um, yeah. to many businesses? Or does it have to be just me all in on one? And right. I, I think that's something a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. Well, I think sure. it comes down to motivation, right? Yeah. So what is your initial motivation for going into business? If it is to be a significant person to, to, mm-hmm. if the ego is driving it, right. Then you, you tend to make decisions along those lines right. and you tend to want to be the man or the woman or the, mm-hmm. you know, the person doing, getting the limelight and, and, um, doing all the quote unquote really important stuff. Right. But if, if your motivation is, I want to build something that's significant mm-hmm. and impact a lot of people. Well, you're going to need a lot of friends right. alongside you to do that. So you really quickly, you won't be able to wear all the hats. Um, or if your goal is freedom, right? Yeah. If, if you're trying to create this business that operates without you, 
that provides passive income to you so you don't have to quote unquote work then same thing yeah right so the the that's why the the ego is kind of the um there's a book out called the ego is the enemy yeah which which is kind of very true yeah. right so if that's the motivator and that's the thing that is driving you you'll spend a lot of time doing stuff that feeds that but then over the course of time you'll burn out because mm -hmm. what you really underlying that really want or what's really beneficial for you and your family and otherwise is different yeah you know so but that's a learning process that's what i love about business is it's like this proving ground you get into it and it teaches you a lot about yourself too yeah along the way as you're learning about what people want i think sometimes as well i don't I, i'm not sure that the ego running things excuse me is always because that's your motivator right i think sometimes people get into a business and the money and the freedom doesn't come so the sure. ego's all they got. <laughs> right. Sure. And then yeah. they cling. You know, right. I've definitely been in there where it's not that I wasn't, the business wasn't technically successful, but it wasn't successful enough that right. I felt like I could remove myself from it because really what was I getting out of it at that point? I was getting a boost because it was su successful enough. And yes. there's, right. it's an easy like yes. trap to kind of fall into where it's right. never really, it doesn't really <clears throat> scale or build or become automated in any way because right. you're in there because you don't really know what else to do it's right. like you can't remove yourself from it yeah. so it's like a trap in that way as well sure and i think that this comes back to the systems thing because the, it's the it's the solution in both cases because if if your business is producing consistent repeatable positive mm -hmm. results then the answer to the question is 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 yay on both sides right? right so you can do what you want in that business it is successful so you can you know you have the justification that okay i can afford to offload some of these things or whatever so it's a it's a trust a little bit too right so if i'm not trusting the business to produce the results or the people in the business to produce the results that i'm looking for i'm going to be more likely to hold on to those reins but when you and this is there's kind of like a, a pathway here so you can see this in any any business when you take one aspect one process in that business and you define it and you say here's how it's been going and then you say well wh how could it be better and then you redefine the parts that could be better and then it changes and the outcomes change right more positive consistent outcomes change now now you can develop that trust because you see oh i can do this this is what actually ends up happening especially if people follow that process and if you outline a process and you say, this is the way we're going to do it every single time. Mm. And if anybody can suggest a change to this process, we'll make that change that it's improving it. We'll make that change immediately. So people have some sense of control over that. So now over the course of time, you start to build this system of systems that operates producing consistent results that you can trust in where it's not this big sweeping, I'm going to make four hires and be right. out kind of deal. Right, right, right. Because I don't know if that's going to work, right? And then what's going to happen? So... I think the, the process is one of building trust both in yourself, in the people around you, in the process itself, and seeing those results start to occur over time. It's very hard. I'm, I'm doing the same sorts of things myself, right? There are many things I should not be doing that I do do on a regular basis. And until the consequences for me continuing to operate those things are great enough, or until the potential... Um, potential other things that I could be doing successes that I could have in other areas are big enough right if the pain isn't strong enough and the pleasure isn't great enough I'm not you don't make that move right so, so sometimes you have to be the one to initiate those those um circumstances I guess yeah, so well, so it's like, like it's like planning a vacation right yeah it's right? making it's 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 lighting the fire yeah. or creating the urgency drawing a line <laughs> in the sand and one thing I was thinking um is I feel like 
becoming vacationable is kind of like a gateway drug to becoming yes <laughs> fireable. And I'm actually learning a lot by my reentry. So I've only been back, you know, really back working for a couple of days now. Yeah. But I feel like now I'm learning, okay, so this is what I needed to have in place for me to leave for two weeks. Yes. What would I need to have in place for me to leave for a month? Right. What would I need to have, you know, and do you do the same thing? Like when you come yeah. back, is it like taking stock? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, what's funny is when you get in and you're in the hamster wheel and you're just plugging along, you're doing all the things that may or may not be the best things for you to be doing. You're just in there, right? You're in right. the rat race, right? of the whether even if it's your own business you're in the hamster wheel it's so hard to see that mm -hmm. and when you walk away for a long enough period of time then you look back and you can laugh at yourself a little bit and you can you can get that perspective and you can for me it was this process of i had to actually enjoy alternatives aka rest relaxation yeah. being out in the sun and you know outside and things that don't breathing happen as air. much breathing air right <laughs> and and look at that those are plants right there and and I'm in, I'm in a boat, I'm yeah. floating on a, on a lake, and this is great, and there's no cell phone access and all that stuff. It, kind of getting perspective and seeing alternatives, because that's a, a quite often what I, it boils down to, right? If the alternative is great enough. So if you, have the, if you have the button you could push right now to hire the exact right person that would produce the consistent results you wanted to, we're all pushing that button, right? right? We're all pushing that button, because then we can still kind of be involved, but we don't care because it's making money and it's, right. it's doing what we want it to do. So it's like having the alternative creates some of the incentive to get there, right? So yeah. um, I know for me, that's what it was. Yeah, for sure. Well, so is there like a sum up? Should we talk about Pokemon Go? I think we should just jump right to Pokemon. Let's just jump into our Poke World. Oh my gosh. So this is a thing now. Yeah. yeah it's uh, last week. This was not a thing. No. So uh, I want to say maybe Thursday was when I started noticing it become a thing. I don't actually know the day it launched. I, I want to say it was released last Thursday. Okay. In three days, it had a million downloads. It's it's uh, more downloaded than Tinder. Yeah. You know that. That's very interesting. Yeah. So Yeah. Interesting. So... It's it's probably Pokemon Go is one of the most viral um, entertainment sensations, shall yes. we say, in probably the last 20 years in terms of the adoptability and mm. things like that and the speed with which it's growing. And for those of you that don't know, it's it's basically a game that augments the real world. So you utilize your mobile device and wander around in the real world looking through kind of the camera, the front-facing camera, the, yeah. the back-facing camera towards the ground or the world, and on top, in a layer on top of that real-world uh, image or video um, is overlaid things that you can get, yeah. Pokemon that you can catch, or things that you can do that kind of... And, and I guess I was reading a little bit about the, the company that started the, the app, and one of the goals was actually to induce people to exercise, and and that That's was cool. an interesting an interesting thought because I I wondered was that a motivator because yeah. you, you, if any of you if you're awake and you're in an area with people and you're looking outside you're probably seeing people wandering around staring like at zombies. their phones yes. like zombies <laughs> just randomly going yes. in different directions yeah and I'm seeing kids all over I'll, I will say that our kids have been outside and with other kids outside that's becoming a real problem. Um, in today's like yeah. parenting culture, people don't really let their, I mean, we live in a kind of a bubble where we live, Dave, a uh, sure. little town, even here, it's not really the thing anymore to just kind of go outside and wander around like when we were kids. Right. And now that's kind of changing. It's mm -hmm. because there's safety in numbers and kids are going out in packs and they're talking to other kids. It's just, you know, it's kind of taking them outside of 
they're inside video game world and it's still technically a video game but it's more it's more kind of like the original pokemon game which is a strategy game and mm-hmm. it's so mm-hmm. it is a it is a video i mean it is a video game based or application based game but really it's not just it's not like a first person shooter or something right. you know right yeah absolutely so yeah it's cool which would be an interesting augmented reality that, that would probably be a bad idea yeah well it, it may be coming who <laughs> yeah, knows yeah. but the, i can virtually injure other people but yeah. so so what's what's interesting about this is so you got to ask the question why is this yeah. app becoming so viral why are so many people doing it yeah right what is the draw to it and what is what is actually occurring here that and you know to me the, the closest approximation i can make is that it's using the real world around mm-hmm. you but adding sort of a layer of uh, a fantasy world or of you know not really virtual reality but um it's it's that augmented reality right so what i think is really interesting about this is the timing was perfect not only for you know the technology was there mm-hmm. but also the way i mean the brand that went with it so sure. i understand yeah. this this concept is not new the, the same company has released a game in the past that had an augmented reality mm-hmm. um but what i think really made this one unique is that it was aimed at the perfect aged audience for both the technology and the brand at the same time so yeah my feed blew up on thursday mostly with from people between the ages of like 20 and 25 i would say mm. um who were probably the first wave mm-hmm. of hardcore pokemon fans in the united states um, my nephew is one that comes to mind he was the first kid i ever remember playing with pokemon mm. collecting pokemon and he's 24 or 25 mm-hmm. and he was the first person i saw posting about it on facebook and then suddenly it's just started trickling down and like then it was it was kind of like that 20 to 25 year old set then the kids started playing yeah so my kids didn't really even start playing until a day or two later it was like they got in first with the the prime you know who who are these people well they're people who have iPhones or smartphones. Yep. They're people who are already used to this kind of technology. They're people who are already out and about using apps anyway, and they love Pokemon. There is mm-hmm. a huge cultural um, affili- affinity for this for this cartoon, this brand, this game. It reminds people of being kids again. You know, it's like fun. It's just really, really fun for them. And um, whereas younger people, I mean, my kids had to kind of like jack my phone. And I wouldn't have let, because my kids don't have smartphones, my mm-hmm. youngest ones, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't probably have let them had I not seen the millennials talking about it first. Yeah. So if they'd come to me that first day and been like, Mom, I got to borrow your iPhone and wander around the neighborhood and, and play <laughs> this Pokemon game, I, I would have been like, no, what are you talking about? So I think in that way, like the, the way that this was marketed and spread and just who it appealed to in that sort of cult you know, mentality yeah. and like how fast it took off, was uh, if it was accidental, it was an accidental you know genius accident but i, I think sure. it must have been pretty intentional no you think for about it, to it trickle down that way yeah you had to identified a good market i think yes. i think the fact that from a mobile perspective this is widely accessible right so yeah. it's it's a widely accessible game and i don't know if the game itself to start playing costs anything or if it's free i know there's plenty of paid upgrades you can make to mm-hmm. help enhance the gameplay experience and move you further along and and um allow you to attract more more Pokemon for you to catch. Yeah. And so I know that there's, and, and now the other side of this too, is that it's location dependent. Now there are other, I, I look, I think back to like Foursquare and other apps where locations could become places that people wanted to be and right. wanted to check in and that kind of thing um, could offer um, deals for people that had checked in or whatever. But what's interesting about this is there's, it's such a widespread thing and there's so many people wandering around that it's, and there really isn't a currently a model for businesses to co- sort of 
upgrade their location. Yeah. But I feel like that's coming. I feel like oh, if yeah. you think about it, you think about it from the standpoint of if you if there's you know 30 people wandering around near to your business and you could attract them in with some offer or something that would allow them to then access your space to catch Pokemon. Yeah. Um, I would think that that would be a, an attractive thing for. And a, and and maybe you know maybe businesses will be able to pay in to get more. To get more desirable Pokemon in their right. space, um, right. it, it, it's really—I mean, obviously these people are no dummies, and they have this figured out. And there's there's an end game that's not that goes beyond you know just paid uh, upgrades yeah. inside the game. There's there's more to it than that. And Absolutely. The speed with which people took off. I was talking with um, a local realtor because I saw a funny little meme come up on Facebook the other day and it said something like um, this house, you know, it showed a realtor showing oh, a yeah. house and it said this house is near, you know, four pokey gyms and a, I don't even know what they're all called, a pokey park or whatever. And then <laughs> the next picture is sold. So I said it to my friend as a joke and she said, oh no, you wouldn't, you don't even believe this. It's actually happening. People are actually already using yeah. Pokemon as a selling point. And it's like, how, how quickly can you adopt that? I mean, oh, it yeah. just came out like Five days, four days ago. Oh yeah, well people you know? people are choosing restaurants based upon yeah. what what's going on there on the Pokemon space. Um, there's there's reviews online now of restaurants where people are complaining about the quality of Pokemon. Yeah. In the restaurant. Now that's not something currently I don't think, and I I do I have played um, I have played it a few times now um, with my kids and by myself. <laughs> it's fun, um, but right now that's not something that there's really it's kind of random, right? Like there's not really a lot of control. Unless I guess people came and dumped their Pokemon somehow, or there was a battle. I, I'm trying to think right, how that right. would even be. Why would one place be more appealing than another? Well, if if a space became a location that was attractive for people and they wanted to be at Pokemon Gym or right. something along those lines, I think that would be. Then that would it would just naturally draw people to it for yeah. reasons other than I want to go to this restaurant. Um, but then if you're out looking for a restaurant and you can see in some ways where if you have two choices and one has better quality of the... Yeah. And so I can go and I can sit down and eat and I can advance myself in this game right. at the same time would I make that choice. Yeah. It's very, it's very interesting. Um, to me, I think the whole thing is it's just the first really, really accessible, widespread um, augmented reality game. Mm-hmm. And I think there'll be more. There'll be other ways yeah. that this happens. And, and really, I mean, so if, if mobile was the last big wave, the next, I think the next big wave technologically is mobile, pl- like the real world plus the fantasy world, right? Yeah. So you think about um, virtual reality becoming something that is, is growing significantly or um, machine learning and AI kind of, kind of layering, layering tech or layering non, um, I guess, non-biological machinery on top of yeah. biological scenario so i think there's there's a lot of um that combining tech in the real world that is is one of the next waves of uh of advancement yeah i'm and 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 it's really mind-boggling if you start thinking about the possibilities i mean another thing that pops into my head when we're talking about you know augmented reality it's not the same but um those crazy pictures people make on Snapchat. I'm not on Snapchat, but mm-hmm. I've been on Snapchat. Yes. <laughs> I, I came, I saw, I that's, I left. It's like saying I've never been held hostage, but I have been <laughs> part of a group text before. Uh, so I, yeah, so I've been on it. And you know how people can, you can add like those silly cartoony. Yeah. Or you can do face swaps and sure. those kinds of things. Augment the reality. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're augmenting reality. It's it's kind of like a really basic version of, yeah. of a game. You know, it's yes. like, yeah, so... Um, and I I got really excited. The other thing I think was smart on their um, 
on the Pokemon Go's part is that it's really, there's very low barrier to entry to this game. Mm -hmm. I got in the game and immediately there was a Pokemon like right in front of me. Right. And it was so fun to turn my camera on and see him just like sitting on my desk. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, look at that. I'm going to catch him. Right. So they didn't make it hard. Oh, you're in. I'm in. I'm in. in. We we should have a follow up episode in in three weeks when we're when we're both like jonesing and rocking in the corner (laughs) and and like you've given up all the business involvements. Yeah. Just to chase Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I do have to go in and check my Google my Google settings because apparently when I signed Mm -hmm. up, I handed over all of my um, all of my stuff. Apparently there's a the default setting is that um, the app has permission to uh, modify your Google account, which oh, I, nice. yeah, I've never even seen that before. I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm. So yeah, might want to look into that if you plan on signing up. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Your, yeah. your online, your online presence can be modified. Yeah, exactly. If, if everyone, you know, if you go to my website and suddenly I look, look like Pikachu or something, it's because Pokemon go hijacked my, my Google account somehow. There you go. So, well, we'll, huh? we'll, we'll post in the, in the show notes. Um, maybe a little bit of a get started guide for yeah. Pokemon Go for those of you out there that are interested and in wondering what what is going on and yeah. you know you want to be a part of the uh, the the group uh, the group drug the group drug yeah so I guess are we wrapping up is this good for episode fifteen I think so all right well we'll be back uh, I think we're back to weekly now so we'll be back next week with episode sixteen we got some great interviews coming up um, I've got Jeff Goins coming up in yeah. a week or two and after that I don't even remember who because again we've been on vacation I don't know what's going on it doesn't matter but when people tune in they'll get some good quality value <laughs> you'll, you'll get just Hopefully. keep coming back yeah check out lifeworkpodcast.com for show notes and links to some of the things we talked about today and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Life Work Podcast. Build your business and design your life with us every day, Monday through Friday. And find us at lifeworkpodcast.com.